We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of 21 Questions brought to you by McAdoodles. Kansas City, you have a McAdoodles in you right now. It is in Lee's Summit, Missouri. And guess what? I'm going to be there next week. I am so excited about McAdoodles. I am going there next week. We're going to do a live 21 Questions from McAdoodles. It's going to be a great time. It's it's the happiest place on earth. I love it so much, but if you're not in the Kansas City area, maybe you're a little closer to Jefferson City, go there because there's a new one open there as well. They are all over Missouri, so make sure that you go be a patron there. You will not regret any second of it. I don't regret any second that I get to spend with my good pal joining me for 21 questions this week. Maddie Lane, Maddie, buddy, how we doing? You know, we're making it. Uh, you know, we're making it. It's it's almost Chase uh, Bengals Day. Before that, it's almost you know uh, college football conference title day. So it's it's a fun weekend coming up. And U.S. Men's National Team, thank plays. you. I I listen. I, you know this. I'm I'm tuned in. I'm watching. You are- I don't agree with most of the things that are happening in this sport. I don't know most of the stuff that I disagree with and what's right and wrong, but I am tuned in. I'm locked in here. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying. I do love now. This is the second world cup cycle that I've gotten to spend with, with Maddie in my life. And I, I really do enjoy these moments as the guy that Maddie is pinging questions off of. Wait, wait why did that happen? Why did I don't get this? I don't get it's great. It's a great time. So I feel so I bad it. for that Belgium, the Belgium I, player, man. I know. Yeah. I, I know. feel so bad for that guy. Like he was he was devastated as he should be. The guy had like a lot of prime opportunities to score chances. some goals, man. Whew. Poor, poor Lukaku. Poor Lukaku. All right. 21 questions is our question and answer podcast where we call all of the questions from the KCSN Discord channel. If you are subscribed to KCSN daily by going to kcsn.substack.com, it is $30 a year, $5 a month. Obviously, the yearly thing is your best bang for your buck. 
That's a great Christmas gift, by the way. You want to do that? You can get film breakdowns from all of us and a whole bunch more, including two Chiefs tickets to every home game. These questions all come from the Discord that you get access to. First one coming from Clayton F. Maddie, is there a returner this year that the Chiefs should consider with the returners that they've shown and McColl possibly gone? Okay. Um, yes. Uh Going right back to our Horned Frogs. Hopefully they come back with the uh, Big 12 championship here. Um, Darius Davis, uh, undersized guy. I mean, we're talking five foot seven, 155 pounds. But boy, you can't watch TCU, see Darius Davis get a punt, see this man turn the corner and not just go like, oh. Like, he's, he moves at a completely different level. Um, so he's there's two undersized receivers for TCU. Both are pretty fast. He's the smaller of the two, but he's very fast. Um, then if another guy, a little bit different build, so probably a little bit more kickoff, Malik Knowles, uh, another Big 12 guy playing for K-State. Good kickoff returner. I actually think he's going to be a better wide receiver in the NFL than he's been at K-State because the teams will throw the ball better and more often. So you want a kick returner. I kind of like Malik Knowles a little bit bigger, but still a fast guy. But uh, Darius Davis could very well be a return specialist at the next level. Just that speed really does play, and he has great eyes. I guess I can throw one more in here too. Uh, Devin A. Chain, running back out of Texas A&M. Just put him on mm. my football first and foremost, but also a great returner. So there's a couple. There's a couple to keep your eyes out for. There you go. Remember those next May. Remember those. <laughs> All right. Ross Sawyer, if you were able to win a gift in the Soul of Casey raffle, which item would you pick? Sign him up for burnt ends with bink that's colin saunders ross i appreciate you giving us the opportunity to talk about this real quick soul of kc is our holiday raffle we are taking donations to the kc sports network venmo that is at kc sports network on venmo if you donate twenty dollars you will get one ticket if you donate a hundred dollars you will get 10 tickets there are so many prizes go to the kcsn facebook page twitter page instagram page you go wherever you can find it on social media there's a giant list of them the one that he's referencing during the off season lunch <laughs> with you and two friends with colin saunders it's awesome so go there do that i mean honestly that's the big prize for me as well like i that would be awesome um i i'm gonna go with a creed humphrey autograph stand-up sign here because i i know some of the story behind it let's, let's just say that's a little bit of a collector's item and yeah. you're gonna want it. It, it it's a great one you're gonna want it so i would go with that one for the nostalgia's sake and i just kind of put it like right here over my shoulder and then creed could be on every podcast that we do um that was gonna be my answer too actually but i <laughs> i want to cut out the face and just have it be like one of those picture things where everybody goes and just stands in with their own head into it. So oh. it's just going to be like Creed Humphrey's body and jersey. And like, I might even keep some of like the face to where you're just spinning into a little bit. I don't know. Just something. I would cut out the face and it would be like what, a faceless cutout of Creed Humphrey. And then oh, that we'd would, get a step yeah. stool, let Tucker stand behind it, and nobody would know the difference. <laughs> and nobody would know at all. They wouldn't know. I mean, the the, the obvious answer is the swag pack with this with this wonderful second home that i live in here this hoodie so yeah ross i asked a football question here I, I just wanted to appreciate you letting us talk about that ross pacheco got involved in the passing game this week with good returns does he have bell cow ability or will he be in a primary role in a timeshare throughout his career um 
I, I don't know if he's got bell cow ability. I don't know that. I think he's still got elements of his game that he needs to improve. Obviously, against the Rams, you saw some of that lack of vision on some plays. But man, he runs hard. And so, from that perspective, like you want to keep giving him the ball. And so, I, he's got the athletic ability. He's got the talent. It obviously you can improve vision. That is something that you can learn with more reps, with more time behind it. The problem is. Andy Reid doesn't really bell cow or hasn't in recent history. So I don't know that we're ever going to see a bell cow under Andy Reid. But if you were going to see one, Pacheco's at least got the ground game and the willingness in the past game to where he could potentially be that guy. Yeah, there's the physical ability is all there, right? Like you can there. It's definitely available. I think the problem is, is technically as a runner, there's still a fair amount of holes in Pacheco's game. Like he still does not see the field great. He still misses a lot of holes. He still is a little too impatient and won't follow his blockers at times. And yeah, it's fine if you pick up four yards by running hard there. You're probably not going to get benched for that. But when that starts to come at the ability of not picking up eight yards by following your blocker because you just can't wait an extra beat that matters. He's a young guy, so I'm not saying he can't get to that point and with more experience. But I think there's enough technical flaws in his running style, a lot of wasted movement, just the way he's constantly hopping and skipping at all times. Like I could see some things that might hold him back from being a bell cow, but always being part of even being the lead person of a timeshare running back. And then you throw in the Andy Reid stuff, the pass catching, the pass protection. I just, I think he might always find himself in a share. Not that he can't get to, you know, 50% of the team's running back, 60% of a team's running back snaps. I just don't know if you're going to get to the classic bell cow uh, moniker. All right. Wes asks, what's more likely this week? Angry and vengeful Patrick LaVon Mahomes or vanilla keeping things close to the vest versus an AFC contender? Andy, Maddie. What do you think it's going to be angry, pissed off, vengeful? I want to murder you, Patrick Levon Mahomes. <laughs> I think if it was up to Andy, it would be a close to the vest. Let's do enough to win. But I think Andy's also really, really, really smart and really, really, really good at this. He sees how much this matters to the team. I don't think he would even contemplate trying to have them not pour it on if they give a chance to. I think you get an angry Pat. Team is all, you know, listen to the game preview if you want to hear my my concerns with the team getting too high for this game. But I do think, Pat, you get the angry mad Pat that wants to score 99 points. And I don't know how much Andy tries to slow that down via game planning. All right, Zach Oracle, Foma Gorkin. Is it a knock on the coaches that they expected Sky to be a gadget guy? Um... I'm not putting that on the coaches, uh, and it could just be the usage in his uh, in the offense right now. We've seen this guy fill in a couple different roles. Obviously, this past week, we saw him fill in as kind of the McColl Hardman slash Kadarius Tony role a little bit because both of those guys were hurt. Earlier on this season, we saw him fill a little bit more of the Juju Smith-Schuster role, you know, in, in some elements as well. We've seen him fill in in the MVS role a little bit. I think it's just a case of right now he's what they need him to be to fill in for certain guys, and they know that he's going to do okay at that. So, I mean, I, I think that he's just getting experience at everything. I think next year's really the one that we start looking at and we say, okay, if he's on this same sort of gadgety 
game plan that we saw against the Rams and that's where his usage is next year, then all of a sudden we can start saying, okay, so now we got to have a conversation about second round wide receivers and, and this offense and getting the most out of them and stuff like that. But I think right now he's just kind of filling it in across the board. No, I mean, I agree. I think there's even been a hesitation to make him a gadget guy. I think, I think they wanted to get him on the field and that's where you got the return stuff. And I do think he, runs pretty well with the ball in his hand. So like, I see why they got there. I think they've been a little hesitant to make him a gadget guy. He really hasn't done much gadgety stuff. But yeah, yeah, they put him on the RPO looks, but I don't know if I would call RPO bubbles or slants a gadget thing. Like he's even when McColl and Tony were out, he wasn't getting a lot of end rounds and those little manufactured touches. I think they very much see him as a receiver on the offensive side. They have just tried to force the, the return specialist, which thankfully sounds like it's ending at least for the time being. Yeah, absolutely. DSM Derek, what's changed this year with Chris Jones? He seems to be much more consistent than in years past. And then the follow-up question, do you try and restructure this man, extend him another three years? Maddie, I, I'll let you kind of jump off from here. Okay. Um. Well, what's changed? He's playing better. Uh, he's playing <laughs> the run better. Okay, so he's always been a great pass rusher. He's always been really always. good. There's no, way to down, there's no way to downplay that. I think he's been even better this year. I don't know if he's in better shape. I don't know if there's a little bit more caring because maybe the contract is questionable. Maybe there was some questions about where he was at his future with the Chiefs going forward after the way some of these games went out. He seems like he's even a better pass rusher this year than he has been in years past. Like that's first and foremost. The energy level seems higher. Then mm -hmm. more importantly, he's been a better run defender. He's buying in. He's he's still tendency to you know shoot a gap to try to backdoor something, but his judgment on when he can do that and get away with it seems to be a lot better. I don't know if it's Joe Collins coaching. I don't know if it's just having more time in this scheme. I don't know if he just had a Travis Kelsey-esque awakening where he's like, oh, I can't just keep jacking around all the time and only really caring about 33% of the snaps and dominating them, but only caring about a third of the snaps. And I have to care more frequently and that's what's shown up it's hard to pinpoint why but he's absolutely been better uh so i mean craig can add whatever he wants and he can tackle the contract stuff from there though i mean it's it, it really is it's joe colin it's buying in that, that's what it is you you just see him last year you know attempting that swim trying to be more of a penetrator trying to get more of the splash plays and you just see so much more consistency. You see him extending and looking for the ball while controlling the man and then shedding and going. And it, it's just, it's a different process for him. And I, I love it. I mean, he, he's been wonderful. And obviously, it hasn't at all taken away from his pass rushing ability. He's getting just as many opportunities. And honestly, he's he's doing such a good job of of controlling everything up front that uh, the offenses are having to focus so many assets on him and running away from him and i mean like if you watch the kcsn defensive film breakdown i highlight mike dana on the interior and his pass rush reps and mike dana has acres of space extra gaps to run through because offenses are focused so much on chris jones and we've seen that at times in previous years it's immense this year. And the fact that he's still destroying it, still playing at a high level, you do wonder, you know, obviously he's got a big cap hit next year. You wonder if it's a little bit like the 15 and a half sack season that he had a few years ago in a contract year. This is essentially a contract year. But then you also look at it and you go, man, 
like his floor is realistically like eight or nine sacks. Like that's that's the consistent part of it. So even if he's buying in, he's going to play the run like this from here on out, and he's still getting eight or nine sacks, he's well worth it. Like well worth the extension. I would absolutely restructure him. And that's something that I don't know that I would have said, you know, six months ago. I, I probably wouldn't have said that. So yeah, absolutely. All right. We're gonna we're gonna go and we're gonna hear from my good friend Tucker about something that looks like beer because this is the Macadoodles podcast, but it's not beer, you guys. Good thing hey, I'm thirsty. I gotta tell you guys about our friends at liquid death and by now you guys already know that you might see some strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores well it's not beer it's actually mountain spring water from the alps and it's called liquid death why is the water called liquid death say it with me it'll brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recycled tall boy cans are here helping to bring death to plastic bottles as well. They also donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to kill plastic pollution. I've got the severed lime flavor with me here. I also love the berry flavor. And also just the straight still water is incredible. I like, uh, I like drinking the water out of the can. It makes you feel powerful, makes you feel uh, authoritative. So here's what you gotta do. Go to liquiddeath.com slash KCSN to find their store locator tool or you can go get liquid death at your local target walmart or 7-eleven go check them out at liquiddeath.com slash kcsn we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you, Tucker. Welcome back, everybody. Let's get back into the questions here. I, I do. I like this one. It's going to be pretty fun here. Shraggy J asks, remove Mahomes from the oh. Kansas City Chiefs. Place him as the starting quarterback for the other NFL franchises. How far do you have to go down the power rankings until the new Mahomes-led team is not favored to win the Super Bowl? And I mean, I'll be pretty generous with the whole favored to win the Super Bowl stuff like this. I'm going down here. I'm thinking. Oh, no, no, like, don't answer. Don't answer. Don't answer. Don't okay. answer. Yeah, yeah. We're going to run through it. Would the Eagles be the favorite? I'm using Dan Hansis's power rankings on NFL.com. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. I just need a yes yeah. or a no. Okay. Cowboys. Yes. Bills. Yes. 49ers. Yes. Titans. Yes. Dolphins. Oh God, yes. <laughs> okay, Ravens. It's an interesting <sighs> one, right? That is an interesting one because that defense is not good. Like that, no. especially that secondary. 
But and their weapons aren't the way their weapons are set up aren't to maximize Patrick Mahomes. Not that Correct. he wouldn't get more out of them, but they're not. If they were completely healthy, if Rashad Bateman was still there and healthy this Rashad year, Bateman and the running healthy, back room was there, yes, and Ronnie Stanley was there, okay, yes. yes. We're just gonna we're gonna yeah. put a pin in that because the Ravens might be an outlier. Vikings, yes. Bengals, yeah. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Bucks, yeah. Seahawks. That's where I start getting iffy. Okay. Um, nah, give me I, give me Lockett and DK and the way that low line's yeah, playing. I think you can put up points. I think you can put on points. I, I worry about that offensive line a little bit, but I think you Ooh. can put on points. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Patriots. Now we're getting a little funky again. He's not the Patriots. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yes, I'm going to say yes, even though they don't have weapons. But Bills defense and Patrick Mahomes' ability yeah. to score like that. I think that you'd still have a rough favorite there. Jets. I mean, the way that the way that oh, defense yes. has been playing with some of their weapons. Mm -hmm. Woo. Uh, Giants. Oh, Kafka and Dable and Patrick. Like, yeah, and that defense is still fun, but there's not a whole lot. That's again, I think that's probably the one. And I know who you got coming up here. I think that one and the next one are the two where I'm just like, yes, the commanders. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, that's. Oh, see, I, I, I think. Man, scary Terry though, and like the scary Terry I by know. himself might be enough, but the defense, Chase coming back, Chase Young getting healthy. Okay, then Chargers, yes, Packers, maybe Lions, maybe. I mean, like now we're getting to the point to where yeah, like now it's probably yeah, not. I don't want to go. I don't want to go overboard. I mean, like we're comfortably in the top 13, 14. We feel really good about besides maybe the Ravens. Yeah. Just absolutely. because the way they're built and their injuries right now, I think yeah. is the big hold up there. Can you imagine the Jets with Patrick Mahomes? That team is would be absolutely terrifying to me. Absolutely terrifying. Oof. All right. <laughs> we're gonna Bengals. we're gonna go ahead. Bengals. Yeah. <laughs> Grayson asks here. What does Brandon Williams and Danny Shelton signing say about oh, Derek Nani? Does it say it's queued up for you? I mean, it is queued up for me. Um, at this point, I think we can take the Danny Shelton signing and just kind of put it in a box and move it off to the side. I, I don't think we're going to see Danny Shelton unless they get really deep into some injuries at any point because Brandon Williams was signed. Um, I think that Nani who has not played his best season this year. I love Derek Nottie. I will always unabashedly love Derek Nottie, but he's not been the same player this year. And I think Brandon Williams is brought in to be a rotational guy for this defense behind Nottie and maybe eventually splitting with him as it goes along. Brandon Williams has plenty in the tank still. He looks really good. If you watch the end of last year, the games that he was putting out there on tape, are really good. He still displaces the line of scrimmage. He is still a really good run defender. Obviously not a good pass rusher, but he's never been. Neither is Derek Nottie. I think if you get that scenario where you can get him, Brandon Williams, splitting with Derek Nottie, now all of a sudden you can move Colin Saunders over to three-tech. You can spell Chris Jones a little bit. Give him a little more rest. He's playing an insane number of snaps right now. So you give Colin the opportunity to be in there. They can play some heavy fronts. You get, man, that's a fun group. If it's Brandon Williams and Colin Saunders on the interior there from a run-stopping perspective, I think that's a ton of fun. I think it's more just giving Chris Jones rest and getting him the ability to do that because after they lost Turk Wharton, 
they have been playing Chris Jones. They're just absolutely giving him all kinds of snaps. All right. We're, yeah, I don't have any more yeah. to add. Okay, gotcha. This one's for you. I, I know you're a notorious uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers fan here, Matt. You're not really. But, yeah, I mean, I know that you got some opinions about the man. So, Lee87 asks, the hiring of Matt Rule at Nebraska, what are your okay. thoughts? Is he going to make him competitive, okay. relevant, anything like that? So, what is – this is the thing with college football. It's entirely different than, than like the NFL. Uh, in the NFL, every team has aspirations to win the Super Bowl. That is your ultimate end goal. That's where you need to be. College football is not like that. Not every team's goal is to win a national title. Not every team's goal is to go win the college football playoff because that's simply not realistic for the vast majority of teams. That even includes mm-hmm. Power 5 teams. Now, Nebraska, I think, <laughs> believes that they belong in the category where that's their goal. I don't know if they should be there. I don't know if Matt, I don't think Matt Rule puts them there, but I don't think that's his fault. I don't think it has anything to do with him. It's the, the program is in a weird spot to where you're in a pressure cooker. You're the only thing that matters for way too far, especially in terms of like football goes. Like the Chiefs are the closest thing, which is a big deal there, but it's just you're constantly having everyone stare only at you. I don't think Nebraska's in a recruiting hotbed. Like they can be a very good team. I don't think they are competing for national titles. So as long as you go in with the assumption of, Hey, we're competing to maybe get selected as a, you know, at law or like one of the final playoff teams because they did get expanded to 14. We're fighting to be or 12. We're fighting to be that 12th team and the 10th team in or whatever it may be. Okay. Good hire. He's proven he can build the program, built the program at Temple, built a program out of the ashes at Baylor. Yeah. Oh, didn't, didn't work at Carolina. That's the NFL. That's a different thing. He's really good at recruiting guys that slip through the cracks that are really good athletes that him and his coaching staff that he will put together can then develop into good college football players, maximizing their athleticism. He's going to bring in guys that have no Texas football. He's going to recruit athletes from Texas football, teach them how to play football in his way, and it will work. So I do think they will be a better team. This will not fail in the way that Scott Frost failed. I think they will have success. It's just you have to temper your expectations because – I do think there's still a ceiling that Matt Rule can get you to at Nebraska. I don't even know if stepping up to anybody short of Urban Meyer after Matt Rule takes you to that next level, right? Like there might not be a next level for Nebraska, but he will certainly build you a solid program that will be solid from top to bottom. No, you shouldn't be worried about scandals. He seems like a good program builder through and through beyond just the sport. So good hire, be excited, just also, don't think this is going to be the 1990s Nebraska at the end of the at the end of the next three four years. Our guy Joel Pinfield says, "Describe Isaiah Pacheco's running style." To me, it looks like he's trying to stomp out a fire. <laughs> I love that one. Um, if I had to describe Isaiah Pacheco's running style, um, hate just pure hatred for everything in front of him. He just wants to run through it. I, I, you know, it's the gif of the of the guy that's get, you know the full sprint out the front door of his house and he runs through a brick wall. Like that's what Isaiah Pacheco. When I see him touch the ball, it's just violence and hate that he brings to the table. I mean, wants to steal another man's soul. So it, yeah, it's an emu running. It's one hundred percent an emu because one, if you've never seen an emu, they're angry. They're very angry creatures, right? They get mad. Um, And if you haven't seen it, if you don't know much about emus, um, you know, like most animals, they're 
their their knees bend the opposite direction of humans' knees, right? They're bending backwards. So when they start to run or step, it looks like they're constantly stomping because it's just different than what we're used to. The way the gait looks is entirely different. And they're a two-legged animal that's doing this. It looks like they are slamming their feet down as hard as they possibly can every time they run. Watch Pacheco. It looks like he's slamming his feet down as hard as he can every time he runs. He runs like an angry emu. Damn it. That is such a good answer. I hate that I answered before you. This, that, <laughs> man, what an answer. That wins. That absolutely oh, wins. All right. VA Cyclone asks, what do you hope for, hope to ski, see from Sky Moore this week? Um, a normal route tree. I, I, I want to see him running a normal route tree because I think that means that, you know, I, that Kadarius Tony's back and it doesn't really look like it at, as the time we're recording it. It doesn't look like he's going to do that. So I expect more of the gadget play, but I don't want them to have to lean on that for Sky Moore. I'd like to see him out there with Juju and MBS running a standard route tree. I know we're going to see plenty of Justin Watson eat into some more of those snaps. I, I, I think Sky is special. Uh, still, I know that the punts are got everybody kind of down about him, but when he's in the offense, the offense just looks so much better. And so keep using him, please. All right. Yeah, that that pretty much that. I think he'll have a big role this week. Um, I think I didn't mention him too much on the preview shows. I'm here. Juju Smith-Schuster going to have a big game, I think. Uh, but I think Sky Moore is going to be your second most important receiver because there's some speed, there's some quickness, and there's some subtleties to his route. And I think you're starting to see the Chiefs trust him in important spots. I, I think we're due for another good Sky Moore game as a true receiver. I'm intrigued to see what the gadget snaps look like. Was last week not them not trusting him, or was it not wanting to put stuff on film with this game coming up? Because I think it'll be telling how much jet motion and jet sweeps they run with him this upcoming week if uh, Tony can't play. Shout out to Tojo144 asking a bunch of questions, game preview questions. Go check those oh. out on the on the game preview episode there. Duncan, Duncan Anglin. How does the USA win against the Netherlands, Maddie? I, I think this one's all you, I buddy. This one. I got, got this it. one. Okay. You score more goals than them. <laughs> Nailed it. You did. You did, buddy. Okay. That's that's did, perfect. Amateur soccer opinion here. Um, I haven't <laughs> seen as much Netherlands as I would like to, but take this for what you will. The U.S. is not particularly fast. They're not particularly big or physical. That puts you in a little bit of a bind. I don't know if the Netherlands are the team from what I have seen that will take a huge advantage of either one of those though. I don't know if they play super Craig can correct me completely. If I'm wrong, I might be speaking mm -hmm. completely out my fine. rear end here. I don't think they are the fastest team. I don't think they are the biggest team. I don't think they are going to just sit there and bully the U S so there, I do think stylistically there's a little bit of a chance. Netherlands are obviously uh, more skilled, more talented, but if the, if the U S men's national team plays like they did against Iran, that was, that was a good performance. If you get, uh, Wea, we, Wea, Wea, Wea. If he can connect a little bit better, just play a little more under control. I think he was he was hurrying when he didn't need to be hurrying. He was slow when he didn't need to be slow. You get him a little under control. Maybe put my guy Gio Reyna out there. Um, you know, something. Maybe he can play like one minute or something in this World Cup. Uh, but like you have him convert on one or two of those opportunities had or make the right pass. I think you can see the the U.S. men's national team play at an even higher level. I'm almost afraid for the U.S. men's team to get up because I hate how they play when they're up by one goal. It's oh, so scary. It's uh, so scary. So yeah, Greg can give uh, you the real answer. That's my I'm, amateur opinion. No, no, that's actually that's actually pretty good. Uh, from a Netherlands perspective, just suffocate Cody Gakpo. 
Like he is the engine of that team. He is the guy that makes them go. He's just pouring in goals, you know, as of late, he's just been super hot for that team. So backline has to absolutely suffocate. And that probably means the wingbacks got to stay a little bit more home. You can't really, you know, overlap with Anthony Robinson or Sergino Dest. I know that the U.S. has really leaned on that because they're playing a 4-3-3 without the 4-3-3 personnel, and it's really frustrating. And I'm trying not to go into that, Greg, but I, you know, that's two when they G's. get forward. Two G's, double G, but that that's how they've gotten forward with some of their wing backs. You got to be very calculated about it because they will make you pay on the back. Netherlands playing, been playing a bit of like a three, four, two, one. So I, I do think that if you can get past that four man line, you can kind of play it a little bit more over the top and they run onto some balls. I, I know that means a lot of absorption and counterattack. That's not the U.S.'s forte. You saw that at the end of the game against Iran and that was terrifying to watch. But I mean, if you can keep them honest, on the back line a little bit more. You can make this a game. And the longer this goes for the Netherlands, you're going to see some of that nerviness creep in. We saw it against Senegal, against Uruguay. Like They don't like being on the back foot. They don't like controlling the game or not controlling the game. So if the U.S. can get themselves involved a little bit more, press them, press that back line a little more with some of the speed that they do have, Christian Pulisic a little bit, you know, it looks like he's going to play. I think that they've got a chance to make this a game, but man, Netherlands, the Dutch are a good squad. They're a really good squad. So it's going to be a very tough matchup. In fact, the U.S. made it out of the group is a minor miracle based on the youth and the coaching currently on this group. But um, yeah. And uh, thanks to Tyler Adams for And thanks to Tyler Adams. Absolute MVP. So excited to watch him continue to play soccer for this team. All right. Andy Nagel asks, what would you be comfortable paying Orlando Brown based on his play so far this season? Has his play been better, worse, or what you expected? I'm not going to give like a number because I gave a number last year and he wanted more than that number. So I I don't know what it's going to be. He did not start the season particularly well, but he's been a lot better lately, like a lot better lately. He stepped into kind of what we expected he was going to start the season as. So if you're the Chiefs, you got to be a little bit skeptical about that. You got to look at it and say, hey, listen, is this a player that we're just going to get? That he's just going to kind of slowly grow into it every single year. And so he's never going to be a top tier left tackle because of that. And so we need to pay him, you know, with that as the commiserate, you know, salary. Or do you say, hey, listen, the way he finishes the year is worth a top tier left tackle salary. And we're going to be in the playoffs every year anyway. That's when we need him. So let's go ahead and pay him close to what he wants. Now, obviously, you're not just going to cave, but close to what he wants. Make him one of the top paid left tackles in the league. It's a fine balance there that may just involve them tagging him again. Matty, thoughts on Orlando Brown's play? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he's he's gotten to the point the past few weeks, past month, where he has been – very much good enough that it's really hard to see how you move on from him. Getting a rookie at the end of round one or looking through the free agent possibilities at offensive tackle that are going to be available, you're not getting the guy that's been playing for the last month at left tackle for the Chiefs. 
The question becomes, how much are you willing to, you know, quote unquote, overpay to ensure that you get that floor? Because the ceiling doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. I don't know if there's a ceiling much higher. Like I think what we saw in the playoffs or down the stretch last year in the playoffs and what we've been getting for the last, you know, three, four weeks now is kind of the ceiling, which is very much upper echelon left tackle money. But is it Trent Williams money? Is it Laramie Tunsil money? I don't think so, but are you comfortable paying that because you know there's a floor and you don't want to waste a year or two hoping that somebody else gets to that floor that you just drafted? Like It's a big conundrum I think the Chiefs are going to face. They're going to have to figure out what offensive tackles we think will be there in the draft and do we yeah. want them and what's that going to look like? I think that plays a big role in how you approach this contract. And the draft isn't a sure thing, but if you think that there's going to be four options there and you think all four of them are going to be Orlando Brown Jr. or better, then you might just have to risk it. You might just have to let it ride and let him go because I don't know if you can justify paying him $24 million or whatever it's going to be to play adequately half the time, maybe adequately, below adequately. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it's such a fine line with him. Just such a fine line. Casey from Casey asks a question about the Bengals game, covered in the, the game preview, and then asked what TCU players could be potential Chiefs. Every single from one. Maddie. Yeah, I was gonna say we covered some of the we covered a couple guys up above, but yeah, Maddie loves the TCU team. So yeah. Quentin Johnston and Kendra Miller. I think those are your yep. two you're big looking at. No, I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some smaller corners Quentin. that you maybe snag. Um, Quentin Johnson's the best. He should be a top 20 pick at wide receiver unless he's injuries bigger than we think. I really like Kendra Miller, the running back. He might end up being one of those like really fast running backs of uh, six foot, 220 pounds. And he might, he might be able to scoot a little bit. So you kind of want a, a second punch to um, Isaiah Pacheco that just adds, and not that Pacheco's not fast, but a guy that's a little bit more finesse, but not even a lot and speedy. Uh, I'd go with, I'd, I'd look at Kendra Miller. Okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right, Leighton Y44. This is going to be quick. Who are you each hoping to win the national championship in college football this year? You're damn right, TCU. All right, Robbie C. 
<laughs> how would you assess the play of the chief safety this year? How does that play into the offseason strategy, e.g., free agents draft Thornhill? Once. We've covered we have covered the safety position and how they played a lot, but the draft part of that and the offseason strategy is not something that we've covered a ton of. They gotta add bodies. Like they really do. It's it's a little bit scary the level of play that is occurring back there. Now, I will say, and it was one game, and it was against a team that is broken in half against the Rams. Justin Reed looked a little bit better against the Los Angeles Rams playing next to Brian Cook. Now, we'll see if that continues. I, I don't know if there's a correlation there or if it's just, hey, the Rams offense stinks, and he was able to just kind of tee off on some stuff. He has another good game against the Bengals. He and Brian Cook look good together. There's reason for optimism there that may change the strategy a little bit. But as it stands right now, Juan Thornhill might be back, but I don't think it's going to be in a position where they're going to start him. I think it would be as a rotational guy. And I don't know what you have to do with, with Justin Reed here. I mean, obviously you're committed to him and you got to hope that he's going to get better, but it's starting to look a little bit like an Anthony Hitchens situation where we're, we're going, Hey, yeah, he's one of the leaders of the defense. He's one of these, these brainy guys that knows the defense inside and out. And then after the snap, you're a little bit like, oof, that's a little bit rough to watch. So ideally he gets it turned around because that would go a long ways. But as it stands, I mean, Maddie, I, you got to invest in that position this off season. And that, that sucks because that's not a position that you love to invest in. Right, especially after paying a safety good money and then drafting one on the second day of the NFL draft. And so I agree they need somebody, but here's the question. are Do you think they're looking for a starter or do you think they're looking for a third safety who's plays plenty is but more of a rotational player? Like, where do you think they got to look? Like, do they I, just trust Cook to be a starter? I need to see more Cook. I don't dislike what we've seen out of Cook, but I need to see more of it than we have so far for me to feel super confident. Teams aren't letting the Chiefs get into dime enough, damn it. Okay. <laughs> let's let's say that they feel okay with Cook going forward. Mm -hmm. You're adding help. You're adding a rotational safety. You're adding a third safety. What kind of safety skill set do you want? What is the safety skill set that you are missing with Justin Reed and Brian Cook back there? What is what is the, What are they missing? A deep guy. A rangy deep guy that they can play a little more single high with. Um, I I like what they can do with Cook and or Reed from a split safety perspective. But when they want to switch to something that's you know cover one, cover three, they got to have somebody that can cover a little bit more ground in the middle of the field. That's what Thornhill's here for. But you know, obviously well, not working out so hot right now. But you'd like so a guy that has a little more range on the back end, yeah. And I, I agree with that, but I think I come down to maybe man coverage because I don't like Ooh. what we've seen out of Justin Reed out of man coverage. Mm -hmm. That's not been Brian Cook's game even in college. That wasn't his game at Cincinnati. Right. So I almost think I would I would lean that way. And I know that still means that Justin Reed or Brian Cook are your center fielders if you go that route. But I think that they've been good enough that I'm not concerned if that's their off-speed pitch. They're not. I don't think they're going to base at a single high anymore, especially if that's no. your person. I'm thinking of some of these plays where I've seen you know, Justin Reed or Juan Thornhill kind of get beat pretty badly in man coverage. That's where I think they might be able to use the most help out of a, a third safety coming off the bench or something. 
Yeah, I was just thinking about a skill set that they don't have. Realistically, right. the NFL is moving away from single high coverages. I mean, they and they should be. Offenses are destroying. Come back so, in yeah. twelve years. Yeah, it will be back in twelve years when all of a sudden. <laughs> Vic Fangio will reinvent his defense and lean on single high coverages and everybody will give him all kinds of props. And who's the, just, um, who's the Dallas Cowboys hot defensive coordinator, Chris Richards. Oh, Chris years Richards. ago. Yeah. yeah he's he's going to show back up in 12 years and everyone's going to pretend like he didn't have one of the great, like, you know, best cover three defenses going there for like half a season. They're going to be, Oh my with, God, cover three's back. We've never seen with, this before. Uh, with Richard Sherman's kid starting on the outside, you know, just really, yeah, that kick step. Yep, gonna love it. Absolutely gonna love it. That's that's exactly what's gonna happen. It's cyclical. We two high defenses have been around forever. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Robbie C asks, or no, sorry, that's the one that we just covered there for the safeties. K Gummager, our guy. If you win lunch with Colin Saunders and the soul of KC Raffle, donate. Vimbo, Casey Sports Network. Who are the two friends you are taking with you, and where are you going? Well, I'm going to take Maddie with me, and I'm going to take Christian. And I know a lot of people are like, wow, you didn't take Kent. Kent's not going to listen to this anyway, guys. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he also has bad food takes. And like, we got to go has eat. Bad food takes. Absolutely has bad food takes. Man, where are we going? Holy cow. There's a. Mm, I'll, I'll tell you what i might go to maddie's italian place up north oh. there that was so good when we got into town got to have Shout that. Out to giovanni's in the northland giovanni's might go up there a little bit of giovanni's or we'll just bounce over to q39 maddie um so i i was gonna go the same way. i was gonna take like you and uh and tuck i feel like colin and tuck Tucker Franklin would have a lot of fun together. Mm -hmm. Um, but since you, you, we kind of went that same route. Um, I would just ask Colin to bring like his two best friends from the chiefs. I would just ask him to bring his friends. I don't even care who it is. Just bring the two guys that you have the most fun with the team with you. Just make that happen. I know it doesn't count, but like, yeah, this is hypothetical. Um, I'm not winning it. I'm having him bring (laughs) his two best friends and yeah, we'll, we'll find somewhere to eat. I don't even really care where probably, Oh, uh, a Brazilian steakhouse where you just get to eat all you can eat with the little cubes uh, on off. Uh, that way we're just there for a long time. And so we can just jack around for a long time. God, that sounds like fun. So jealous <laughs> for whoever wins that. All right. Steve Gray saying with Trent getting a little run in the slot and Sneed following Mike Williams versus the Chargers, do you think Spags is going to allow the cornerbacks to travel with certain wide receivers to help avoid unfavorable matchups in man? I assume that he's talking about more specifically against the Bengals. Maddie, any thoughts on that? The door's open now, right? I mean, the Mm -hmm. door's completely wide open. And I think with the Chargers and Mike Williams, it was very specific, like, hey, this guy beats us up in this situation. So Sneed asked for it. So it sounds like if Sneed wants to press forward, if Sneed wants to present a case that, hey, I think I can do this, let me try, then it seems like it's open. And please, please let LeJerry Sneed go. I mean, I... I've shared this on Twitter. Let Legereus Sneed just go cover T Higgins all over the yeah. field. And then we can double Jamar chase and we'll live or die by Trent McDuffie one-on-one with Boyd and Sneed one-on-one with T Higgins. Like there's my strategy. I'm Bill Belichick in this. We are bracketing chase. We are have Joshua Williams is just literally throwing fisticuffs. And then we are going to have whatever safety you want to put over the top. Um, and we are double teaming him everywhere. We're going to live with our other one-on-ones. But yeah, let's Snead go hang out with Higgins on the outside all the time. I think that's a genius move. I wish they would do that more frequently. If we see it in this game again, 
then we will know this is something they spent the offseason working on. Yeah, yeah. That If we see it in this game at all, I, I all of a sudden my mind is just racing ahead to the playoffs. It's like, okay, so when we get to the playoffs, here's the matchups that we're going to see. Like, I'm going to get ridiculously excited because as it stands right now, the Chiefs coverage game in the back end has been pretty vanilla. So if they start switching it up a little bit, I'm going to get excited about what they could do. Couple more here. Uh, we got 15 to 87 asking, how do you feel about George Karloftis going forward after seeing 11 games of his rookie year? Honestly, about what I felt like before the season. I There was a little the bit of time there. Same. Yeah, the, the exact same. And there was a little bit of time there where we were looking at him working and him in training camp and all of that. And I, I may have peaked just a little bit higher at that point, but this is, this is pretty much where I expected him after the draft. He's he's a relentless worker. He try you know he's he's got an unsatiable motor. So like you you're just gonna see that man keep going and keep going and keep going. But he's got a lot of technique stuff to clean up. He's still a little bit rigid. They're they're obviously working on all that stuff, and that's fine. Like it, you're fine with that. Yeah, I know that everybody's looking at him and going, oh, he's a round one rookie. And so he should be producing all kinds of sacks. He should be producing all this stuff. And I know that we were higher on him after seeing some of the training camp stuff. But realistically, this is what round one rookies in that range are typically like. And honestly, he might even be better than a lot of the guys that we've seen come out recently in that range. You know, it, he looks better than Jermaine Johnson does this year. He looks better than some of the previous guys that were picked in this range have in previous years. So it's, you're you're happy with it. I'm fine with it. I'm ready to see more with a full offseason of work, with a full offseason of being in Spags' scheme, and a little bit more run on the outside. He's getting replaced a lot right now. So let's see that before we're making any big sweeping judgments. But yeah, I, pretty much baseline of what I expected. That's what we're having right now. I think you and I jumped the gun a little bit, thinking he looked a little more agile in the uh, preseason. He did. That has that has completely disappeared, though. Yeah, like it's just gone. It's just not there. And this isn't like you know, this isn't cementing it shut. This isn't saying there's no chance. Mm -hmm. But I feel like where I was after the draft, post draft, throughout the rookie camps and stuff, leading up to the preseason, is about where I am. This the, the highs that we have seen have come in the exact ways I have anticipated the highs coming, and the lack of noticing him has come for the exact same reason that I, I thought that there would be a lack of noticing him. And so there's more time. I'm hoping a more defined rush plan. I'm hoping being a little bit more technical helps these things, but he, I really struggle to see flashes that make me think it's going to happen. Like there's just yeah. not those flashes. They're just not there. And so that's where my, that's where my hesitation has come back to now. All right, last one. We'll end on a high note there. We, uh -oh. George is going to be fine. He's going to be fine, but he may not be fine. a stud. Yeah, fine. Jay Hawking asks here, you finally have more Clamps McDuffie tape to review. What do you see as the ceiling slash floor for him at this level? Maddie? we love him. Like, what, What's your take right now? Okay, so we have technically seen more film. The mm -hmm. Chiefs and their opponents aren't making it easy to really figure out what the ceiling is yet, right? There's only so many times I can watch this man properly drop into cover two and midpoint a smash concept before I'm like, yeah, I get it. He can do that very well. That's cool. Uh, give me something else, right? The Chiefs haven't given me an opportunity to see him do a ton of stuff. 
teams really haven't. We haven't really seen him deal with too many hard-breaking routes, in-breakers, stuff like that. It's like there is still some mystery that I think we can estimate based on his movement skills and his IQ and just how well he seems to stick to receivers that he's going to be fine there, but we don't know. So, I mean, like you're looking at a ceiling of a, of a really good, but slightly undersized zone corner that will come up, make good, make tackles when he has to, will play very sound zone coverage, win in man coverage. He's not getting beat like a drum. He's being very competitive, but we have seen a few instances where his size looks like it's not limiting, but like there's an issue there. He's having to work around bigger bodied guys. So I think this week will tell us a lot there. The floor Zone-only corner that isn't particularly big. A small zone-only corner is, I guess, the yeah. floor, a good one, but a small yeah. Desmond King. Um, he oh, ended up bouncing that. around yes. after yeah. a really good run there for the Chargers for a little bit. He ended up bouncing around after that, but like a smaller zone-only corner, a good one, but a smaller one is the, is the floor. I think the ceiling's still a little open-ended because we just haven't seen enough. Like We haven't yeah. seen where it can go. I We've liked everything that he's done in man coverage. He just hadn't had a ton of reps in it. Like, I mean, like right. he's he's hip pocketed with everybody that mm-hmm. he has seen. Now, some of those have not been great receivers, but some of them have been great receivers. I mean, yeah. like he, he got to see Keenan Allen in man coverage a little bit. And Keenan Allen wasn't a hundred percent, but but that man was not gaining separation on Trent McDuffie. So, like you get excited about the flashes that you see. I'm with Maddie there. I want to see more before we really judge a ceiling there. I love the Desmond King. I was just getting ready to kind of sift through some guys there and kind of take a look because I, I, the height element of it is who I is, is kind of where I wanted to see. I think he's clearly outside of Sauce Gardner for round one corners this year. I think he's clearly been the second best guy, and that's in a very limited sample size. Um, now, I said round one corners there. All you people screaming about Tariq Woolen. I get it. No, Tariq Woolen's been amazing. Like he's been incredible. But I, I think you've shown you've seen why the Buffalo Bills were so mad that the Chiefs jumped them to go get him because you're seeing some of the things that he can do, especially in his own scheme that they love to run. But you're seeing some of the things that he can do and what he's bringing to the table in a limited sample size. I I, I really do. I honestly truly believe that we will be talking about him in the defensive player of the year candidate perspective if he had played all year long rookie of the high year, end year. healthy jason verrett maybe like a non-injured jason verrett i mean it's you know it's almost it's, just a size comp but yeah. like i think you see the same foot quickness the same hip fluidity generally they look like the same athlete on the field they're having to deal with some size issues but verrett was so good at maximizing his short area quickness to play around a receiver. I think we've seen flashes of that from Trip McDuffie early on. So like that's maybe your a healthy Verrett is your kind of high end uh ceiling. And it just we're kind of waiting on the last few flashes to maybe drive that all the way home. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 fine with that. I mean obviously not as fast as healthy Verrett was, but that's I mean he's fast enough. He's plenty fast. So not slow. I, I don't but know. yes he's not, not slow. Yeah. But anyway. That's going to do it for this edition of 21 Questions. Really thank Maddie for joining us. Like, share, subscribe, do all that wonderful stuff that we tell you to do all the time. Give us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to KCSN Daily at kcsn.substack.com. Uh, donate to the go or to the uh, Solo KC Raffle, KC Sports Network. Get Venmo. that call and lunch. Go, go to get that call and lunch and then 
polish that off by going to Macadoodles and getting yourself some drinks. That's going to do it for us. Be kind to each other. We'll catch you later.